Welcome back, Bears fans. This is Thursday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What is going on, everybody? As I mentioned, it's Thursday, also known as the CHGO Audible Day, our weekly in-depth game preview, all aimed to make you the most informed Bears fan on game day. I'm your host, Will DeWitt. Joined with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. And Nick, man, I'm just still like reeling in the fact that you and I were able to witness some history on Sunday. Like I've been telling all my friends, all my neighbors, and they're all very jealous, obviously. Uh, but I'm just excited for another week of watching Justin Fields continue just his ascension. Yeah, well, it, it's been different seeing all the positive recognition that a Bears quarterback is getting, not just locally, but on a national level. So that's been something completely different that I don't think you and I have really been a part of. Like Jay Culler had his spurts, Mitch Trubisky did, but not to this degree. So it's been awesome to see that, you know, Justin Fields is getting the recognition he deserves. And yeah, we did see history in the making there last Sunday. And who knows what will happen this Sunday. Hey now, Rex Grossman won NFC Offensive Player of the Month September during the Super Bowl year. I remember that, and I was so excited. And of course, we, everyone knows I still have my signed Rex Grossman jersey that I got at training camp when I was a kid. A and then people found out if he blitzed the man, uh, he crumbles rather quickly. But the good news is, and we got into those stats actually last week, Justin Fields is a has been a very poised quarterback under pressure ever since that mini buy it hasn't been anything that can rattle him and I, I love it and one other thing like I went back and I rewatched episode one of his season of QB1 on Netflix which is no longer on Netflix you have to do some digging to find it but it's just kind of cool to see him like as a kid in high school and talking about how he approaches like just life and like I he wants to be humble because people like the humble guys and you just kind of You'd forget, like, sometimes he doesn't say a lot to the media, but that's just kind of who he is, and he just wants to be a humble dude. And I'm rooting for him. I'm really excited about just, like I said, the development that has been JF1. Yeah, it's been awesome to see. Well, that's, that's a good idea. I might want to have to just go back and watch those episodes because I remember my good friend Ben told me, he's like, hey, Nick, watch this QB1 series and watch this Justin Fields guy. I'm like, all right, I'll go watch him, see what he's about. And hey, now he's the Bears quarterback and doing some really good things. Yeah, like literally the quote, I, I wrote it on my phone. I don't like to be a cocky guy. I feel like people like the humble guys that are good. And boy, he's, he's a little bit more than good as of right now. But we have a lot to get to. Obviously, this is our in-depth game preview. We're going to discuss the keys to success on both sides of the ball, determine who has the edge, share our weekly X factors, our bold predictions brought to you by Green Ridge Farm, and a whole lot more. And of course, if you're here in the chat, ask some questions. Joey's in the back end, our awesome producer. He will be starring them up for the end of the show. And we'll do our Q&A that Nick and I love to do to wrap up these game preview episodes. Can't wait to see your questions later on. And one last housekeeping item is that we do have another tailgate coming up here this Sunday. So come out, hang out with us before the Bears take on the Lions here on November 13th. You have multiple beer and drink options. There's going to be some Green Ridge Farm meats. If you join, Nick, your, what was your, your advice if you go to the game? No, <laughs> bring Tupperware. <laughs> you can take some. Oh, yeah. Maybe at the end, if there's some extra meat sticks, you can take them. But, you know, come hang out with us. We can enjoy some food, brews, games, and a lot more. And it's all-inclusive tailgate. Last week was really awesome, Nick. Just getting to meet a lot of people who are fans of CHGO, fans of you and me for the past six, seven years doing a podcast together. Uh, the link to join this tailgate and get your tickets is in the description below, both here on YouTube and in your podcast player of choice. But 
like I said, Nick, Nick was uh, last week was a really good time at the tailgate. And I'm excited to just kind of keep those good vibes rolling here on Sunday morning. Absolutely. I know it's going to be a little colder, though, Will, this Sunday. So make sure you bundle up if you do go to the tailgate and end up going to the game afterwards. But still going to be a good time at the CHGO tailgate. Just just bundle up a little bit. <laughs> there we go. Let's get into this game preview. Bears, Lions, one-liner. Hit me. One-liner, uh, explosive. <laughs> explosive for, for both teams and what we will probably see offensively, but we'll get into that. Mine is phew. Like we actually can have an opponent that I feel relatively comfortable about. And we'll talk about that as we get through this episode. So let's dive in with our offensive keys of the week. And Nick, passing it over to you, I'm going to defer this week. What's key number one? Key number one is what the Bears have been doing since that mini buy. It's just let field loose and do that with his ability to run and pick up yards through through the ground game. And these design runs, getting him on the edges with defensive ends or if there's a linebacker that's spying, he has a speed to outrun a lot of these guys. And you see what happened last week against the Miami Dolphins saying the NFL rushing record for a quarterback in a single game. So that's what needs to continue. And you look back at just even last week what the Lions weren't capable of doing against the Green Bay Packers. Very low scoring, but even Rodgers got loose on a third and 17 and converted with his legs. I know the Lions mm-hmm. are not necessarily preparing for that, but there's there's opportunities if you're Justin Fields to take those rushing lanes when that certain play is called or where there's a, a pass concept that's not looking right downfield. You can take off on this Lions defense and just put a defense really in a bind. Like when you have to account for the the quarterback in the rushing game, it just makes everything you do that much more important as a defender. If you give one leeway to a certain direction, that that's all it can take for Justin Fields to really exploit it. And also these rushing attempts that Justin Fields is getting is really limiting the hits he's taking in addition to the sack. So when you look at pro football reference, they kind of account for that in the hits. In this last three games that um, have happened after his mini buy, he's had four total hits. In the Washington game alone, he had eight, Will. So the Bears are doing a good job of limiting the hits Justin Fields is taking. So continue to have that be an identity and part of this Bears offense. And that Lions defense, they do give up the second most rushing yards per game at 148.88. So you can run on them. And like you said, Fields and his ability to run just changes how defense have to approach the Bears. It really just makes it true 11 on 11 football uh, Mm -hmm. throughout the entirety of the game, which is obviously gives the offense an advantage uh, every single week. And uh, I'm not complaining one bit. My first key here this week is just downfield passing. The Lions allow the second most yards per attempt in the NFL with an 11.7 yards per attempt on average. And Justin Fields, I'm hoping, and I believe that he should be able to put his deep ball on display in this game. You would love to see a deep shot to chase Claypool, kind of work its magic. If you're looking at players on this Lions secondary to go after, Jeff Okuda, he's been a weak link. He gives up a team high 14.3 yards per reception. He's been targeted 11 yards downfield on average, only three PBUs and zero interceptions this year despite being targeted a team high 38 times and then I look at the other two cornerbacks Mike Hughes Will Harris who's in the slot they give up 12 yards or more per catch too they also allow all three of them allow a completion percentage of 68 percent 
or higher. So outside cornerbacks, too, they allow a passer rating of 116. That's Akuda. Hughes gives up 118. So you can throw on this defense on the perimeter. Again, Chase Claypool is it's popping in my mind as someone that can make a difference in this game. Now, over the last three weeks, we've seen Justin ascend. We've been talking about that really since we've went live. But over the last three weeks, only two of his 12 deep balls, that's 20 yards or more downfield, have been completed. And that needs to change. It's the strength of his game, and the Bears do have a favorable matchup this week. You have to give the kids some confidence. Attacking downfield, the wide receivers maybe to help here and win in these situations. And just when you look at the intermediate passing game, 10 to 19 yards downfield, this is where Fields has been money, and I think he can continue that here this week. Uh, since the mini buy, he's hit 77% of these passes. That's the second best of all quarterbacks. And if you look at the adjusted percentage, you know, take away the drops, he's at 84.6, which is the best mark in the entire NFL. And one step further, Nick, his passer rating on yards, uh, those passes 10 to 19 yards downfield over the three weeks is the best in the NFL with 157.9. It's almost perfect. Second, Jalen Hurts. Third, Joe Burrow. Really good company for field. So again, for me, downfield passing is something that the Bears should be able to do this week, and I just want to see him do it. Love those stats, Will, um, just to see where Fields ranks and obviously being highly regarded in that 10 to 19 range. That's awesome. And my second key goes with your, what you were just saying here, especially in that range with Cole Komet. Keep that train rolling with what you're seeing from him in terms of the offense and how the Bears are starting to utilize him. When you go back to the Lions and their matchup against the Miami Dolphins, there were some opportunities to throw down the middle of the seams in that game. And I think that's where Cole Komet and Justin Fields have actually shown it even in the rookie season for Fields that you can still expand on that area of the game. And especially for a guy like Cole Komet, who said last week was his most comfortable he's felt in this offense. So if you can still utilize him in those kind of ways, but still he can be a vertical threat downfield mm -hmm. in that range that you were talking about. Well, that's going to be huge for a guy like Cole Komet who scored three touchdowns over the past two weeks and most by a tight end. So I think that's going to be big also for this vertical passing game to, to still elevate because that's still an area where we want to see more out of, out of fields, out of the Bears passing attack, out of these receivers and all of his playmakers. But if you can incorporate that as being a consistent threat to opposing defenses, good luck. Good luck trying to defend Justin Fields in the run to to defend his vertical down passing. Like That's a tough task for any defense, regardless of how good you are, what playmakers you have. So I really like Cole Komet's ability to to impact this game. You know the Bears are going to run the ball, and he's really embraced that, that role of being a blocking tight end. But that opens up plays like you saw in this first touchdown pass where there's first touchdown reception last week against the Dolphins, that opens up because of the run game. So continue to do that with Cole Komet, and I think you're going to see some good production out of him. In the last two weeks, only A.J. Brown has more receiving touchdowns than Cole Komet in the entire NFL. He has four, Komet has three, which is the most of all tight end. So continuing to go to number 85, I think is a big key. So I'm glad you brought that up. I see a good super chat from Alex Ammerling to saying that, you know, JF one is going to do some ungodly things to Detroit. And I really hope so. And hopefully as we go throughout the remainder of these keys, we can find more ways for that to happen. And then same thing with Isaac. And I know we're going to get to most of our Q and A's at the end, but he wants to know like, 
What do we think needs to happen in order for Justin Fields to throw for 300 plus this week? A really good super chat there from Isaac. I think the downfield passing that I talked about and you you mentioned just attacking the seams. I, I think those are keys. And on top of that, the receivers helping out on those deep balls, actually catching them. And then for the Bears, they would have to stick with it enough, the passing, where Justin would have to actually throw the ball instead of running enough to make that 300-yard game. I, I don't really care if he has a 300-yard game anymore through the year. Uh, I'm at that point. like His style of quarterback play, he doesn't need that to be effective, and I think that's okay. Yeah, I think when we look at Justin Fields, especially right now, what he's doing, it's like the total yards that he's able to mm-hmm. accumulate with, with that rushing and the passing. So that's how I think he could be a big factor. But look, the Bears have said it before. If they feel like their best game plan is to run all over a team, they're going to do it. If they feel like it's the pass all over a team, they're also very open to doing that as well. And we Will was sharing all the stats about Detroit's defense and what they give up. Maybe that's one of those games, but it seems like with the, the Lions defense, you can attack them on the ground or through the air. And again, if you have a question, please throw it in the chat. We will do a Q&A at the end of the episode. Love answering your Bears questions each and every week. But right now, I need to get into my second key of the game on offense for this Bears-Lions matchup. My second key is just continue the third down excellence that the Bears have been able to do. They have faced the second most third downs over the last three weeks, yet they are still the best offense on third down, converting on 55.1% of the time. And the other teams, two, three, and four, have faced like the least. It's really incredible what the Bears have been able to do on third down. And that's just otherworldly, like effective. Like the biggest hat tip to see Justin Fields and the rest of the offense for executing on those money downs. It's just an incredible accomplishment. It really is. And they just need to continue that here this week. The Lions, they have the worst third down defense in the league. They allow conversions on 51% of those tries. By far the most favorable matchup that the Bears have had in quite a while this season. And ideally, obviously, and I'll say it, the Bears should find ways to avoid third down at a better rate. Like we have seen a lot of third downs and they should find a way to do a better job on first and second down to avoid being in these situations but still, like they're coming clutch on third down. And if that continues here this week, the Bears will be in really good shape. And that's just a good way to move the chains, keep the positive momentum rolling, and put points up on the football. And really, for me, Nick, I just don't want the Bears to allow the worst unit in the league in terms of getting offenses off the field to be the one to find a way to get the Bears like in third down trouble, like how we saw earlier in this year when they weren't able to execute on third down and they're just punting, you know, each and every drive. And this is a lot on Justin Field rushing, him throwing, any other wrinkles that they want to throw our way. I just want them to keep it up. And this is just a matchup that I think it just would be unacceptable uh, if the third down conversions end up just going away here uh, against the Lions. Completely agree there. Well, like this, that's a matchup. That's a stat where you're looking as a, an opposing offense. Like we need to capitalize on this. There's no way that Detroit and what they can maybe do to schematically try to hide that where they come into soldier field and, you know, look like a good third down defense. They need to capitalize that the bears do uh, in order to, to put up some points, but just given how the offense has been playing, I feel pretty confident that they'll continue the streak that they're on right now. You know my saying, third down should not be a death sentence. And Nick, can I say it isn't anymore, at least least over the last three weeks? I mean, obviously it's not. Mm -hmm. It's so different. The Bears have been like the worst team on third down, whether it's earlier in this season or going back the last two years under Matt Nagy. It's been just atrocious on third down. And it's just, I still think, um, I don't know, just like my mind's blown to watch an offense be able to just sustain drives by executing and converting on multiple third downs. 
It's different, Will. It's different. Like like I was saying at the top of the show, this is a new territory for Bears fans and for a Bears offense. So it's okay to feel a little weird about it, but if this cons- you know consistently is what the offense looks like, then we're just going to get used to it. I think we'll all be all right with that. Absolutely. Not, not, not a doubt in my mind. I want to get quickly to my final key uh, on offense. And this is another reason or another way the Bears can put up points. It's just ball security, especially in the red zone. Rookie Kirby Joseph of Detroit, he won the NFC Defensive Player of the Week after a two-interception performance last week against Green Bay. Three total interceptions for that defense, multiple coming in the red zone, and they allowed, or yeah, they did not allow the Packers to reach the end zone once despite going into the red zone four different times. And obviously, it's no surprise that the Lions... They've won the turnover battle in both of their two victories here this season against Washington, against Green Bay. And the Bears have been very solid in ball security since that mini buy. Only two turnovers in the last three weeks. They average nearly two per game in weeks one through six, so they've really cut that down. And you know that the Lions defense, their confidence is sky high uh, after, and they're feeling really good uh, after that three turnover day against Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be looking for the ball. They're going to be looking for these takeaways. So for the Bears, they just need to be aware of that fact, protect the ball, don't give this Lions offense any extra uh, possession, short fields to work with, and just don't throw away points like Aaron Rodgers and turn that ball over in the red zone. Oh, absolutely. Well, like Kirby Joseph made some really good plays in that game. And I remember mm-hmm. doing the draft process, like that was a guy that I watched film on and, you know, out of Illinois. So he's, he's a playmaker. G- Justin Fields, that Bears offense needs to know where he's at. All right, we'll switch sides of the ball to the Bears defense, and let's figure out what they need to do to succeed against this Detroit offense. Nick, what's your first key this week? Yeah, I think the big thing with the Bears defense, they need to key on DeAndre Swift. And he's been banged up, you know, a little bit this season, but still productive and dangerous back. And him out of the backfield will running that Texas angle route where, you know, he's taking, he's faking like he's running a shoot to the, to the flat, then plants his foot and cuts 45 degrees in the middle of the field. Man on man on the linebacker, let's say Jack Sanborn, Nicholas Moore, whoever it may be, that's going to be tough to, to cover. He had a reception over uh, the middle of the field against uh, the Green Bay Packers defense, brought it to the one-yard line. The Detroit Lions end up scoring, but I could definitely see the, the Detroit Lions utilizing that type of route concept against these Bears linebackers. Because now you don't have a Roquan Smith. You have young guys who are still trying to prove themselves in this league. And that's just, it's just a tough route concept to defend against because you don't know exactly when it's going to come. So that's going to be big. But obviously, he's productive as a running back. I do have him on my fantasy team. So I know he puts up yards and can put some, put some touchdowns on the board. But that route specifically, I'm going to tell you guys right now, it's going to happen at some point in the game. Let's just see if the Bears can mitigate it to not being a touchdown when they are in the red zone. But that route will be coming, and it's going to probably be a completion for the Detroit Lions offense. Let's see if they can mitigate the damage, though. I was going to say that's one of my favorite routes to run in Madden, but I don't want to give you any Mm -hmm. tips for the next time that you and I are playing Madden together. So you did not hear that from me, Nick. Uh, My first key (laughs) uh, on defense is just contain St. Brown. Uh, Obviously, the Bears secondary, Nick for lack of a better term, they were torched last week. We saw the separation from those Dolphins wide receivers up in the press box. You know, it's just 
all game long. But luckily for the Bears, they don't have to go up against the same level of amount of elite talent at wide receiver here this week. Amon Ray, Ray St. Brown leads the team with 59 targets. That's 17 more than the next wide receiver, Josh Reynolds, who isn't looking like he may play. He didn't practice yesterday with a back injury. TJ Hawkinson. Hawkeye, I was waiting for you to say it. No longer yeah. on the team. He's in Minnesota. DJ Shark, he's on IR. So other than St. Brown, you're looking at Khalif Raymond, a 5'8 wide receiver, who has 20 catches this season, and Tom Kennedy, who has six catches this year. Needless to say, it's not Ty- Tyreek Hill, and it's not Jalen Waddell again. So for the Bears, you need just to find a way to shut down St. Brown and force Goff to beat you with some of the other inferior talent at wide receiver. Now, Raymond... He will be second up. He has 11 catches over the last three weeks for 168 yards. You know, solid, but not spectacular. And then golf's passer rating when he's looking at uh, Tom Kennedy, 37.5 over the last two games. So you know he doesn't want to throw his way, but make him do that. Force him to throw that direction. So for me, if the Bears can contain really their only true weapon at wide receiver, it just makes the entire job easier for the other guys on this defense. And really, it will help the Bears succeed uh, throughout the entirety of this game. Yeah, I really like Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, you got Equinemia St. Brown, Amon Ross, obviously the brothers playing in this game. So that'll be just cool to see how they kind of um, look at that matchup. Um, my second key on defense, and I think it was the same one as last week, but Eberflus talked about in his press conference a couple days ago, is you have to get creative with pressure. Well, um, this Bears defense can't get to opposing quarterbacks. It's just not happening. It definitely didn't happen in a loss against the Miami Dolphins. And here's what Eberflus said when asked about the issues with the third down defense. But we got to do a good job and have creative ways to create pressure. Winning on third down a lot of times is creating pressure on third down to get get the quarterback uncomfortable. Well, Maddie Refluce, Alan Williams, you need to find a way to do that. You need to find a way to just bring some additional additional guys. And now you don't have to face against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle that that speed on the outside. And that's why Refluce said we just didn't want to bring extra guys because it allows throwing lanes to be created once you do bring an extra defender. And as you were just saying, well, the Detroit Lions don't have that level of receivers outside of Amon Ross St. Brown that can really stretch a defense vertically and hurt you as much as the Dolphins did. So this is a perfect opportunity for the Bears defense to get creative. When was the last time we saw a Kyler Gordon nickel blitz? I Honestly, it's uh, evading me right now. So maybe that's a way he can do it. Jaquan Brisker has shown he can be an effective guy when he gets near the line of scrimmage. So let's see if the Bears can utilize some of these young DBs to, to impact the game from a pressure standpoint. And then maybe you can start creating pressure. It's not organically with your front four like Irafluce and Alan Williams want, but at least it's pressure because we have not seen that at any point over the last, what, three games. Mm-hmm. I, I saw a super chat from Dylan just saying that he gets excited uh, when the Bears offense is on third down now, which he, he mentioned <laughs> it's insane. It's true. Like it, you don't have to worry about it. And it's, it's just a very uncharted territory watching the Bears. And it's nothing to complain about uh, whatsoever. You mentioned uh, Jaquan Brisker. He does lead the team with three sacks. So you finding a way to like allow him to be a pass rusher, blitzing him, I think would be a, a good wrinkle uh, if the Bears want to bring it here this week. And your key and my second key, kind of a line here my second key is bring the heat so you talked about like what the bears need to do and i want to explain a little bit more into why because jared goff it's a simple line he just crumbles under pressure we faced him so many times over the years we know this it's a fact he hits 70 percent of his throws and has 11 touchdowns and a pass rating of 104 when he's kept clean this year but when he gets 
pressured. That completion percentage drops to 47.4. He has four interceptions and a pass rating of 60. Now, that's on a whole year. And as I've mentioned, he doesn't have the same weapons that he had uh, you know, earlier in the season. So let's look at the last three weeks under pressure after his weapons went away due to injury or trade. His pass rating drops down to 24 when he's oh. under pressure. So it's a really big key here this week for the Bears. Left tackle Taylor Deckel, Decker. He's given up the most pressures over the last month on the team. Center Frank Ragnow, right guard Evan Brown, they're up there too. And we know the Bears defensive front, that defensive line, they've just been abysmal uh, at getting after quarterbacks. But this would be a great week to kind of rekindle that, find a way to do it, uh, as we know uh, that what kind of quarterback golf is under these situations. So can Justin Jones win that matchup in the interior? Will Travis Gibson, Alquidi Muhammad, Dom Rob figure out their stuff along the edges? I don't know. I don't have a lot of confidence, which is why I think your key, of, Nick, of just being creative and finding ways to get pressure is very important because we'll need it. And it's a great way to just put a brick wall in front of this Lions offense to get them off the field. Absolutely. Well, and like how we usually do with our, our matchups, they kind of build off each other. My third one is make the Lions lion. And what I mean by that, at some point in this game, the Lions are going to go back to that team that makes those inexcusable mistakes. Jared Goff, in that game against the Packers, could have easily been intercepted three times in that game. A lot of it was due to that pressure you were talking about, Will. So it, when it, when he is under that pressure, he's going to give the defense a catch of a ball. The Bears just need to capitalize that on it. And then at some point, Taylor Decker, someone you just mentioned, is going to have a holding penalty or a false start. <laughs> the young tight ends in place of of uh why am i blanking on the tight end my guy tj hawkinson sorry looking at their new tight end tom kennedy young guy he was asked to do some plays where he's jet motioning and he has to block the dn completely whiffs has a false start so they're putting a lot of young guys in, in spots right now and now you got to see as a defense force their hand in making some of these mistakes these penalties these off these off-platform throws that jared goff isn't capable of making so that's what the Bears need to do. And they actually they showed some mental toughness themselves in that game against the, the Green Bay Packers because a week before that against the Miami Dolphins, they imploded on each other. And then against the Packers, they were able to just kind of play the waiting game, the long game, end up getting a victory over Green Bay. So I give them credit for that. But at some point in this Bears-Lions matchup on Sunday, you're going to see the Lions have a series, a drive where it's like, Oh, yeah, that's the Detroit Lions we all have come to know over the years. So you got to be ready for that. As a defense, you can force their hand in making a lot of those mistakes that we've seen all season from them. Why are you always lying? <laughs> but no, we, we <laughs> exactly. know. We know, and you're right. So you said Tom Kennedy was playing a little tight end? Yeah, uh, yep, Tom Kennedy, 85. Oh, that's the wide receiver. Sorry, that's the wide receiver. Look at the wrong guy. But, yes. He was he was uh, asked to do like some some motion and uh, okay. block in the end there. So yes, wide receiver. He's only like Tom five Kennedy. ten, a buck ninety. So I was like, wow, yes, like yeah. that is an undersized tight end <laughs> if I've ever seen one in my life. So I just had to double check that you saw that. All right, my final key here this week on defense is red zone run defense. Very specific here this week. So we've mentioned the lack of weapons to work with in the passing game for Detroit. And you better believe that the Lions are going to try to run the ball in the Bears defense. And why not? You know, it's not a great run defense. We know it. And despite playing from behind a lot this year, 
The Lions still run the ball the 11th most in the NFL, and they have the seventh best yards per attempt at five, which is right in line with what the Bears give up on average at 4.9 this year, which is the 26th ranked run defense. And where things can get a little extra dangerous, as my key says, is inside the red zone. Jamal Williams has his second most rushing attempts inside the 20 in the league. He also has the second most rushing touchdowns inside the red zone this year, six, only trailing Derrick Henry, seven. And the Bears' red zone defense, fifth worst on the year, allowing teams to score on about two-thirds of the time inside the 20. And, unfortunately, the Bears have given up the most rushing touchdowns in the entire NFL with 15. So it does feel like a mismatch here. So if the Lions are inside the 20, the Bears need to, as I said about a month ago, grow a friggin' backbone and stop teams on the ground because the Lions have been good in that area. The Bears want to keep them off the scoreboard not allowing them to run once you're in that constricted area of the field, I think would be really key in this one. I, I think this is a very tough matchup. It, it is, Will. And, you know, the defense at some point needs to step up. I just don't know when that's going to happen. You know, and you know, I think uh, it was yesterday or, yeah, yesterday's podcast where we were kind of talking about that and just, you know, with Matty Rufus being such a defensive guy, should the defense really look this bad? And, you know, that's, that's the whole kind of dilemma that the Bears are really – working with right now in terms of the defense and what they're giving up so far. All right. So we'll quickly recap my three keys on offense, downfield passing, continue the third down excellence and ball security in the red zone on offense. And then on defense contain St. Brown, bring the heat, allow Jared Goff to crumble and then just grow a backbone and have some good red zone run defense. Nick, what are yours? Yeah, real quickly on offense, let Fields lose. Those design runs are doing some really good things for not only him as a rusher, but also the passing game as well. And then Cole Komet, you got to keep that train rolling with Cole Komet. As it, you know, Joey makes this amazing graphic right here. Use him in a variety of different ways. It was very productive last week against the Dolphins. Keep that going. And then defensively, the linebackers versus DeAndre Swift, that's going to be huge in this matchup, how they're able to kind of contain him, especially in the passing game. You got to get creative with pressure because the Bears cannot generate any organically, which is four. And then make the Lions be, well, the Lions. And at some point, they're going to make mistakes. And if you can force that hand on the defense, that's only going to allow good things to possibly happen with um, maybe creating turnovers or just getting off the football field. Yeah, real good stuff this week. Nick, let's get into our weekly bold predictions brought to you by Green Ridge Farm. I'll go ahead and get my bold prediction. Actually, before I do that, Nick, pat yourself on the back because we both got our bold predictions right last week. We both did, and I cut you off on the video that I posted. How much again? I did not watch yours, even though I should have. But I'm like, wait, I said three total to, or three passing touchdowns. I know I said that, and then I forgot that you one up to me and said the four. Yep, the four total touchdowns with one on the ground. So we we both got the Justin Fields line correct with our bold prediction. So let's keep that positive momentum for us going to in these bold predictions. So mine this week, and let's hope it hits, Chase Claypool goes for 80-plus yards, catches a touchdown, runs for a touchdown. Whoa, okay, there we go. Wow, we are stepping up uh, a notch here in the bold predicts. I love it, Will. Uh, let's see. And this is another week where he's acclimated, and he already did a bunch of different stuff in week one, and he was there for, what, four days. So yep. let's see what uh, let's see what Claypool can do. My bold prediction for this week's game is that, obviously, like I mentioned earlier, we have Amon Ross, St. Brown, and you have Equinemius, St. Brown. The brothers playing in this matchup. 
I think both of those guys get touchdowns in this game. And Equinemius, he there was actually a clip of him and his brother kind of talking smack talk uh, earlier this week about this matchup. And Equinemius said that fourth down drop that he had at the end of the game, that stuck with him. He couldn't sleep with it. And he said that's never going to happen again. I think he has something to prove this week. And, you know, when you have your younger brother there and you don't want to get outperformed by your younger brother, like that's just not what, what you want to have happen. You want to have success. But in this one, I have both the St. Brown brothers getting touchdown receptions. I like it. Yeah, I, I see from Drew uh, saying that mine's very bold. Daniel mentioned that mine's crazy. Like when I predicted 11 <laughs> wins for this Bears team. And I'm getting like sheepish and shy. Not really, but you know what they say, Nick, go bold or go home. But before we get into uh, some of our next stuff, I want to hear more about Green Ridge Farm and these meat sticks and everything else that they bring to the table that is just delicious food. Of course, of course. So uh, Green Ridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company that offers a better all-natural option. Green Ridge Farms are the makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and of course, the meat sticks, which are perfect for tailgating, happy, happy hour, and school lunches also have 16 grams of protein per stick, perfect for a post-workout snack. And you can find them at, you know, your local Costco, Sam's Club, uh, Sam's Club, local Chicagoland grocery store, wherever, you're, you know, you're looking to find those Green Ridge Farm products, most likely they're going to have them. And right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Good stuff there, Nick. I want to let everyone know about our ticketing partner, GameTime, because GameTime is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat that you never thought you could? The 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It is all possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats that you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on the Chicago Bears. Heck, this Bears Lions game at Soldier Field. Go to Game Time, score yourself a deal, and then also come to our tailgate, and it'll be a really awesome Sunday all the way around in Game Time. They were created by the fans, for the fans, and as you know me, that's something that I really resonate with, and they also guarantee the lowest price. So if you love CHGO, then you're going to love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description here on YouTube and your podcast player. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. All right, this is the CHO Bears podcast. This is our weekly game preview episode, Widdle It, co-host Nicholas Moriano, and we are giving you everything that you need to know before the Bears take on the Lions this Sunday. It's time to get into our weekly X Factors, and Nick, you're up. What is the X Factor for you this week? The X Factor is something that you touched on, Will, and I'm pretty sure I touched on as well, but it's just really the passing game execution in in this game and what i mean by that look at just look at last week and obviously just fields had a historic day on the ground but there was a third down play where Nikhil harry and justin fields weren't on the same page Nikhil harry adjusted his route based off of the defensive coverage when he wasn't supposed to you also had there was a play where darnell mooney's opening or he has some separation in the right corner of the end zone but the pass is not in the best spot Equinemius St. Brown had a drop pass on, on fourth down. There was a bad ball from – yeah. 
and, and there was a bad ball from Fields on, on a third down play. So if the Bears passing game can just execute in all facets, whether it's the placement of the, of the ball from Fields, the, the route depth by a certain receiver, whatever it may be, that can really help be the X factor in this one because just Fields is going to get his on the ground. Now, if he can also be uh, just a proficient passer with the with the receivers being on the same page, now, like I said, it's tough to, to defend every area of the football field because Fields can get there, can, can exploit each area. So that's going to be the X factor in this one, just a passing game execution. Now, you talked about mine too much in, in your X factor, but it is. Fields legs, it's just an X factor. It literally, I think it fits the definition to a T. Like, how can this not be an X factor each and every week? But when I look at, you know, Justin Fields and the fact that he's the 11th highest rusher in the entire NFL with 602 yards, he's gained the second most rushing first downs in the entire league at 42, which is two more than Derrick Henry. He also has the second most yards per attempt in the league at 6.6. It's a factor. It's an X factor. And the Lions, they gave up 90 yards to Jalen Hurts, 23 yards to Carson Wentz, <laughs> 49 yards to Geno Smith, 20 yards to Tua, and as you mentioned, 40 yards to Aaron Rodgers. And obviously, when you look at that list, Jalen Hurts is the only, I'm going to say close enough comparison. And again, they gave up 90 yards to him. So Fields' legs is a big reason for this team's success, especially on third down. So for me, when I look at Justin, this offense and his ability to move and not just rush the ball, but evade the pressure like he's been able to and buy extra time. And we talked about those matchups in the secondary. If he can buy those receivers an extra second or two to win on these routes, then I think that helps your X factor of that passing attack too. So for me, it's just fields legs all the way around. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a factor. Will and no, and teams know that now, like they know Justin Fields is going to run the ball, but it's one thing to know it and put a game plan then it's the other thing to actually execute, trying to stop it. And the teams haven't figured that out yet. Don't even say yet. It's it's just an undefendable asset that Justin Fields brings to the table. Obviously, that may be a little hyperbole, but that's besides uh, the point. It's time to find out who has the edge. Again, if you have a Bears question that you want Nick and I to answer, throw it in the chat. We will dedicate some time at the end of this episode to answer your Bears questions. Love those each and every week. Can't wait to see those Hop in the chat as we go through who has the edge. And I'm up first. I have the Bears passing attack versus that Lions pass defense. And I'm giving this one to the Bears. The Lions, they give up the fourth most passing yards per game. They give up the ninth best completion percentage, the fourth highest passer rating allowed, and the sixth most passing touchdowns per game. And I mentioned, uh, yet again, those favorable matchups at corner that the Bears should be able to exploit too. And Fields' ability to evade pressure by time, moving the pocket, that's going to come into play. Uh, I've already mentioned how that's going to help the receivers beat some of that coverage. We've mentioned Chase Claypool having a larger role with an extra week of practice and learning this offense. And Justin Fields is coming off back-to-back games of a passer rating over 100 for the very first time in his career. So let's go for a third straight. So for me, I'm giving this edge over to the Bears, hands down. Well, all right, you're up. Bears rushing attack versus that Lions run defense. Do the Lions run defense have anything on the league's best rushing attack, Nick? 
No, and I'm going to keep this simple. I know I did a lot of stats heavy last week. It's not. Uh, it, I mean, all I got to say is the Bears, they're the number one rushing team. You do have to watch out, though, when I was watching the Lions and what they did against the Packers. Derek Barnes, their linebacker, number 55, made made a lot of plays in that game against the Packers. So you got to watch out for him. And then 93 kept popping up. Josh Pascal uh, as being someone that was containing his lanes and being just effective as a, a run stopper. But regardless, it, it's the Bears rushing attack with fields. Good luck to any team that's trying to take this away from the Bears. They teams haven't figured that out yet, and the Bears are very committed to running the football. That's who they're. That's who they are. That's their identity. So taking the Bears in this one, will. All right, switching over to the defense. I have the Lions rushing attack versus that Bears run defense, and well, I'm going to give an edge here to the Lions. And don't let the stats fool you. Last week, the Bears run defense, it's not fixed. The Dolphins only ran it with their backs 18 times. Why? Well, they didn't have to run it because they were able to just move down the field with ease, throwing that ball. Nick, like, how quickly were they moving down the field? Like, you blink and they're from like one side to the other. And there's no reason you need to run the football when you're able to just pass as effectively and as seamlessly as the Dolphins were able to do against this Bears defense. And the Lions rushing attack has been pretty consistent and decent this year. Their ability to punch it in the ground, the red zone, uh, I believe that is, quote, lethal. Uh, and and uh, for the Bears, it's just been an Achilles heel, giving up the most rushing touchdowns in the league. So it's a really bad combo here for our team. So I just don't see any way you can give the Bears the edge here. So I'm kind of back where we were a month ago with this run defense, Nick. Yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me, Will. And to, to go over to, to my you know, matchup here, the Lions passing attack versus the Bears pass defense. And we talked about Jared Goff. He can be someone, if you give apply pressure, he can be off his mark. You just got to get pressure, though, Will. And the Bears haven't shown they can do that. So I'm going to give this one to the Lions. And like I said, Amon Ross St. Brown is a guy that I like a lot. When you add DeAndre Swift in the passing game as well, I think he can do some good things. Unless somehow the Bears generate pressure and get Goff uncomfortable, then that changes things. But I can't – the Bears haven't shown that. They haven't shown they can win these one-on-one matchups. And this does feel like a game, though, Will, where the Bears somehow find a way. Right? Like, oh, here's the pass rush. Here's Jared Goff under duress. It does feel like that, but I'm still going to give it to the Lions in this area. The Lions passing attack over the Bears pass defense. Obviously, the secondary is, is a strength now, this Bears defense, but still, you need to, you need to have some kind of pressure to help those guys out. And they got torched last yeah. week against the Miami Dolphins, but still going to give it to the Lions here. Wow. So it's offense versus offense for the second straight week, at least according to who has the edge. Yep, that's exactly how it, it should play out on Sunday, Will. <laughs> Modern football. I don't even know what to like what to say. It's uh it's a it's thing. weird. It's weird. It really and it's just weird, like even historically, when you look at the Bears, like when they find an offense, for some reason the defense goes away. Like the last time the Bears were able to score like they have over the last three weeks, really was like twenty thirteen. Mark Trestman's first yeah. year, because the Bears were the second most prolific offense that year in terms of sco scoring. Uh, and that was only behind Manning and the Broncos. I remember that very specifically because yeah. it blew my mind that the Bears were like the top scoring offense in the entire NFC. And that's the year that the defense fell apart for the Bears. And it's those two haven't aligned. But the good news is the Bears offense, or they're finding their way. Justin's very young. We should continue this and only get better. <laughs> 
and the defense can be rebuilt. And I do think it all begins up front, but I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but <laughs> just some thoughts that came to my mind. Uh, but real quick, I want to let everyone know uh, about a partner of ours that I'm just really excited to have on board. And that is Shady Rays because they are my favorite sunglasses provider in the entire world because they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive and they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. They are premium polarized shades. They feature world-class optical clarity, sub, uh, substan substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone in every single lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays is that they just have the most insane protection program and all of eyewear, which is lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Months later, same exact deal. No questions asked. You drop it off a lake, off a cliff, anything. They will replace your glasses. I've done that personally, and it's a great program and uh, they're just so easy to work with. And Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five stars reviews. And again, they help you, but also they do a lot of good in the world because they provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order of place. And they have donated, donated over 20 million meals to date. So you can do some good for your eyeballs, your look, and then also do some good in the world by getting some free meals out there in America. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. And again, that comes with that awesome, insane protection program. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all of their newest and best shades. Perfect. Well, now I just need to tell everybody about, well, DraftKings. And just, just listen to this scenario. Cairo Santos is lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. Your pulse racing. He kicks and you watch the ball as it lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. I wish I could tell you who to put the money line on for tonight's Thursday night game, Will, but with the Falcons and Carolina Panthers, I'm just going to key this. I'm just going to step out of this one. You guys make the decision if you do decide to, to make a money line bet. So, but first, what you need to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code CHGO to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins, just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using the code CHGO. Nick, I feel like an idiot, and this hit me last week, and I didn't say anything, but I'm going to say it this week. So when we first had that ad read, and it says, like, your kicker, and, and then you say Cairo Santos, I kept saying your kicker. And it, when you say Cairo <laughs> Santos, I'm like, oh, duh. Like, everyone listening, like, that is their kicker. And it's just like, wow, like, your kicker. I was like, I was just being the generic guy. But good on you for <laughs> picking up some context clues there that I apparently just washed over. It happens. I, you know, I had it in the ad read and then like, wait, let me put Cairo Santos because, <laughs> you know, it's your kicker. Exactly. It, it makes a lot of sense. So this week, too, we're going to do some plays of the week here for DraftKings. And I want to share mine here first. So my play of the week 
is uh, a same game parlay, just two legs. And I think these are just win wins. So I have Justin Fields to go over 64 and a half yards rushing. Duh. And then throw for one or more touchdowns. Duh. And those will get you the odds at plus 155. I think that's a home run hit. If you ask me, do you have a play this week, Nick? Yeah. So we were, we've been talking about this, this high scoring affair. I think what you, you could bet on bank on is over the 40, 48 and a half points, which is at minus 115. And I know that sounds like a lot for Bears Lions, but this is a completely bear, you know, different Bears team, Lions team that we're used to seeing. But also, we've been talking about Cole Komet, right? In the Cole Komet hype train right now, over 29 and a half receiving yards for Komet is at plus 120. I like that as well. We talked about running, you know, utilizing the seam routes and things like that. There was a, a prop bet that was like plus five on receiving yards. Like, he got that in the second play of the game. He got a seven-yard reception. So I remember taking that. But those are two two plays right there where if you're looking to you know make that into a parlay or a single bet, I like both of those things happening for for this Bears Lions matchup on Sunday. I like that a lot. I I, I really do. I saw a comment uh, a few minutes ago about should they start Chase Claypool in fantasy, and I, I don't know their team because like you know bye weeks and yeah. things of that nature. I wouldn't say like start them if you have other quality starters yet. Like let them earn it and show you before we throw them in that starting lineup. I think I'm starting them in one league because of almost like necessity, uh, but I don't think it's a preferred thing yet. I know my bold prediction was out there, but again, that's a bold prediction uh, that we're trying to put out there here this week. But you know, maybe he'll hit it. Maybe he'll boom this week uh, on fantasy. But let's get into some over unders from DraftKings. I pulled up the app. Looking at him right now for this Bears-Lions matchup. Nick, passing touchdowns for Justin Fields. The line is over one. Uh, it's 1. 1.5. Are you going to take the over under on 1.5 for Justin? Does he get two this week? Oh, man. He just had his three-touchdown game last week. I'll I'll take the over on that. Uh, you know, a little hesitant but because of how thick, effective they are rushing the ball, but I'll go over one and a half. I'm over one and a half, too. Jared Goff, his line is also one and a half. I'm hitting the under. Uh, which goes back to my key on defense about the red zone run defense. I feel like the Lions, if they get into the red zone, will try to put it on the ground against this Bears run defense that just hasn't been able to stop really anybody inside the 20. What about you, over under 1.5 for Goff? Uh, I'm going over Goff, especially if that pass rush isn't there. Passing yards for Justin Fields, Nick. Your favorite line in the whole wide world is at 180 this week. What are you doing? Uh, no, it's going under. Guys, like <laughs> that hurt me last week. I could have won two grand. And I'm glad Justin Fields had the game that he did. I won't bet. I, I, it skewed my my vision of how I was watching the game, too. But I'm going under, going the, under 180 uh, for the passing yards for Justin Fields. I'm going to say over, uh, again, this Lions defense, you can pass on them. It'll just be interesting to see how much the Bears want to keep it on the ground with Justin Westley's running backs versus put it through the air. But if they do, you can pass on this Lions defense. And again, that's what makes it so difficult for Justin because you don't know how much of his total yards are going to come on mm -hmm. the ground. But as I mentioned earlier, I don't really care about quote, passing yards being at a high number anymore because his total yards have been up there and he's just been really effective and efficient with his throwing attempts. Uh, get three touchdowns last week uh, through the air for Justin. So for me, uh, I'll still say over because I'm optimistic. What about interceptions for Jared Goff? It, uh, it's at 0 0.5. The Bears going to get one or more? I think the Bears can get one. Uh, now, if the pressure is there, that number easily, you can get over that, that interception mark. So I'll go over regardless because Jared Goff is going to give you some opportunities as a defense. 
Okay, I really like this rushing prop. Bear with me. Jared Goff, his line is at 3.5 yards rushing. Does he get over or under 3.5? Like, I feel like he could easily go over that. Just one one evading of the non-pressure that the Bears are going to provide, and then he just skedaddles out of bounds on the sideline. Three point. Wow. Yeah, I can't uh, believe they even gave him one. I kind of want to just try that, just to see what the hell happens. Uh, I'll go over. <laughs> like, come on, it's it's three point five yards. Can we? Yeah, I think he can get over that at some point in the game. What about David Montgomery at fifty-seven point five? It's it's interesting because he just don't know his utilization in the offense. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't touch anything with like Montgomery or Herbert. Like it's even it's hard to it's hard to gauge at this point, but I'd say under. All right. I'm on Ross St. Brown, sixty seven point five. Nick, what do you got? Going over sixty seven point five. He's he's their main target. He's their best weapon and um, you know, that brother brother rivalry. I think he's gonna get riled up for this game and do some make some big plays happen. All right, and put your money on this one. Aiden Hutchinson over under uh, 0.75 sacks. 0.75 sacks. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I go over. Sack. That's true. Go That's true. That? I go over. He's a guy. He lines up on both sides well, so he can give Braxton Jones some some damage there, and then he can go over to Riley Reef and say he wants some too. But, yeah, I go over. All right. And then one other one. I'm just going to do total team touchdowns for the Bears, and I won't give away your score. It's the line's at 2.5. Will the Bears score more than 2.5 touchdowns? They will score more than 2.5 touchdowns. Taking the over. All right. That was a fun over-under segment. Again, uh, all in the DraftKings app. So if you want to play along with Nick and I on those over-unders, definitely download the app. Use that code CHGO and have yourself a uh, time. Let's get into this week's MVBs, and I'll begin because, well, people have already given me a little crap in the chat about my bold prediction, and I'm just going to double down and give it to <laughs> Chase Claypool being the MVB here this week. And Nick, you wrote a great article about Chase making his presence felt last week, and even it should have been more if that defensive pass interference call was actually called mm -hmm. late in the game. But now it's time for Chase Claypool to prove that he's worth more than just drawing flags. It's time to go out there and make some big plays. He had six targets in his first game. He's going to have his chances, and the matchups this week are much more favorable. And I can see him catching a deep pass or two from fields, doing some damage on the screen. And one of the plays that he did last week, Nick, that you and I were talking about and up in the boxes, you know, he caught like a, just a quick little hitch and then it was able just to kind of bully the corner to run for a first down. And just, those are things that the bears haven't had at the receiver position before Claypool's arrival here this season. And those are just ways that he can continue to just be a factor and help out Justin Fields. And I think also additionally, his ability to open things up for Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet and others should not go unnoticed in this offense. So for me, I think Claypool's going to prove that he's valuable and against this Lions defense, prove that he can be the most viable bear on offense. And I just want to put the caveat, and maybe you're going to do the same, but Justin Fields is the obvious MVB choice almost mm -hmm. each and every week right now. So I'm just trying to come up with like somebody else that is not Justin Fields because – I don't want to give away just all the obvious. I like to look a, a little bit deeper for everyone listening. Absolutely. Well, like I was, I was going to bring that up if, if you didn't just now, but uh, yeah, going outside the box, outside of Justin Fields, who would be your MVB? I'm going with uh, another wide receiver, going with Darnell Mooney for for this matchup. And you look at his matchup specifically with the nickel corner Will Harris. I like 
what Mooney is capable of doing. Because, again, now we're utilizing more Chase Claypool. You have him on the outside, maybe EQ, Nikhil Harry. You're going to see more Darnell Mooney in the slot, I think. And you saw what he did against Xavier Howard for that touchdown uh, from Justin Fields. Perfect ball, perfect route. So I like Darnell Mooney to potentially pop off this game. And we, we said all the stats about what Detroit's defense gives up in the passing game. We know that out of all the receivers here, that's the one Fields has the most connection with. Let's see it start to play out a little bit more. We saw that, like I said, that touchdown pass, but Darnell Mooney, MVP for this matchup against the Detroit Lions. Look at us putting faith in the Bears wide receiver room, Nick. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, what we're seeing offensively, I think we, we need to start to, but also we just need to actually see it happen. So it'd be great if either one of our MVBs, bold predictions, end up happening. Best case scenario, there's a debate after the fact, like which one actually had a better game. That would be pretty tremendous. Be I, I don't think neither of us would complain if the lines were a little bit blurred uh, between the two. So let's see. We've given keys. We've shared who has the edge, X factors, play some over under, given our MVB prediction, which means it's time to figure out who in the heck's actually going to win this game. Nick, you going Bears? You going Lions? So this look, Will, it, it's obviously, you know, a, a divisional matchup, two teams that are underperforming in terms of records, but the Bears need to win this one, Will. I know that. Um, this is not a season where it's all about the wins and losses for the Bears, but this is a winnable matchup. Last week against the Dolphins, it was, it was tough, and I predicted the Dolphins would win a shootout. I think this is going to be a game where it's another shootout, and the Bears just have, when you look at Jared Goff and Justin Fields, who's a better quarterback in this one? It's Justin Fields. He makes more plays than Jared Goff does at the end of the day. The Bears win it again in a high-scoring game, not as high as last week, but thirty to twenty-four is how I have this one shaking out in in at Soldier Field. And well, I'm just gonna turn it over to you because you had a very um you know surprise expression on your face when I said that. Yeah, well, I have the Bears winning too in very similar fashion. The Lions give up a league high twenty-nine point three points per game. I think the Bears should be able to move the ball up and down the field against them, put up points. The Lions keeping, you know, Green Bay to only nine last week, I believe is a fluke. I don't think that really mm -hmm. scares me. I think it's a testament more of some of the issues going on in Green Bay. I know the Lions had, I think, like a team player meeting before, like that week that kind of inspired that play. Uh, I don't know if that's going to sustain and carry from week to week, and they just have a whole different animal to contain in Justin Fields. So for me, I have the Bears winning a high-scoring game, Nick. 31-24 is what I ah, put in my notes. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's why I was very surprised uh, where we were at, too. And, again, it all comes down to the Bears' you know, defense in the red zone if they can just make enough stops to win the game, Nick. I think that's what it comes down to because they only forced one punt last week. They allowed the Dolphins to reach the red zone on 66% of their drives. And, obviously, we mentioned this week is an easier task than Tua Hill and Waddle than the Dolphins were. But I think this game will be a little bit closer than we would like. Uh, and they, we may give it more points than we would like, but Fields and the offense should be able to score enough to go out there and win this game. It just the defense needs to just provide a stop or two. They really do. And they did do that at the end of the game against the Dolphins. They yes, were they, they, they figured something out. And so if you could have that carry over, even if it's for a half, because they had it for a quarter in the fourth quarter, then then things could you know go in the Bears' favor. But they did figure out something in that fourth quarter. Hopefully, they can build off of that. All right. How confident, though, are you that the Bears will win? I'm sitting at a, a George Hallett 7, personally. What about you? Oh, okay. 
I'm at a six. Well, these teams are very similar in how we think they're it's going to play out, right? Uh, offense and which defense can maybe make some stops. But um, at the end of the day, though, I think the Bears again just uh, are are better. They have the better quarterback. <laughs> that's where it really counts. So that's why I'm giving. I'm still giving. It's still closer to, closer to obviously the the middle there at five, but. The Bears should win this game well. They should. They, they they really, really should. I saw a comment from Jailbreak just saying that my bold prediction isn't horrible because, you know, the Bears should, you know, maybe plan on using Claypool in the running game a bit. Thank you. I feel a little bit better now. <laughs> After my bold prediction, that makes me just breathe a little bit easier. But let's get into some of these questions uh, that we had throughout the show. I see a handful, and again, we have a little bit of time, so if you do have a Bears question and you haven't asked one yet in the chat, throw it in there. would love to answer it here before we kind of sign off for the day, really for the week, uh, before this Bears game coming up on Sunday. So the first one I see is from Dylan uh, that we want to get. Oh, he already mentioned. I already mentioned that one. It was flagged, but it was just one he said that he's excited about the Bears being really good on third down. Uh, it's worth throwing up on the screen and just touting one more time because it, it is a lot of fun. Uh, watching that the Bears, you know, are a team that can be a difference maker on third down. Really appreciate that super chat, Dylan. Uh, it really helps us uh, tremendously. Let's get into AGM Productions uh, question. You know, Chase Claypool now has a full week of practice. Could this be his breakout game against eh, defense? Nick, everyone knows my thoughts. I've given my thoughts on Chase Claypool this week. What about yours? Yeah, so I think with Chase Claypool, too, he didn't even know about some of the cadence, the different cadences that Justin Fields had when he was playing in that first game. He was surprised by it. And now after a week's full worth of practice, he's now learned that. So he's just getting a little bit more acclimated to what this playbook is. And it's going to be an ongoing process, but now he has more familiarity of what the, the Bears want to do with him in the specific plays that they're going to call for him in this game. So is this the week where he has his breakout game? Uh, I mean, he's only got one game to, to uh, compare it to so far. So I would say so. I think there's opportunity there with the deep ball. Another week's full of practice of just getting the timing down with that and seeing what Chase Claypool is capable of doing. But yeah, I, when it comes to compared to last week, it could definitely be a breakout game for Chase. Good stuff there, Nick. Isaac was, wants to know, like with the lack of high-end talent at linebacker now, with the lack of Roquan, do we think about using Brisker like Arizona Arizona uses Isaiah Simmons, more of that hybrid linebacker safety kind of role? I don't think they're going to change Brisker's role. Mm -hmm. uh, I do love when they throw him down in the box because he is someone that is a, a really good tackler. Uh, he is effective coming off the edge blitzing, if we, we mentioned that earlier in the show. But I can understand why Isaac's asking this question because the bears do need help and the second level of this bears defense. And I mean, Brisker does provide them with at least, like I said, some versatility there and a little bit extra speed, some range that you're not going to see from Moro from Sam Byrne or Joe Thomas. Yeah. And so I, I wouldn't think they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't change too much schematically what they want to do just because, Maybe they don't have the talent there at linebacker. The Bears did designate Matt Adams to return off IR, so you'll see him more in the mix uh, eventually here for these Bears linebackers. But yeah, Jaquan Brisker near the line of scrimmage, like that's still that could still be a factor for the defense, regardless of who's playing linebacker, because he's really good at being physical. That's who Jaquan mm -hmm. Brisker is to a T. Like it's just in him. So I don't think they do that Isaiah Simmons role, but you can, I would expect to see him at the line of scrimmage a little bit more. For sure. Uh, 
VOMC93 wants to know if Swift and um, Amon St. Brown are active for the Lions. Everything I see is that they're going to play, right? Yeah, I haven't seen anything different. Like I said, I know DeAndre Swift has been dealing with some injuries, but he's played through some of them. So I know he's inactive one of the weeks. But yeah, as of right now, and we'll see the injury reports later today, um, it seems like they're they're good to go. I didn't see St. Brown on yesterday, so I feel mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, again, I think we'll see both here on Sunday. Chris wants to know, where does Fields rank among NFC North quarterbacks? Oh, what a great uh, question at this stage in this juncture. And it's, do you look at the whole season? Do you look at just the last three weeks? Okay, he's better than Goff. We can say that. Yes, yes. That's the one where you can put him over. Now, see, okay, this is where it's going to get, like, I don't want to be like a homer or anything with like Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers not having an Aaron Rodgers like season. Everybody like he he really isn't looking at his stats and okay, this is just looking at the stats. Just regular season, sixty four point seven completion percentage, two thousand ninety one yards, fourteen touchdowns. He what he was picked off three times last week against the Lions, so the seven interceptions. Who would you say is playing better football right now, Justin Fields or Aaron Rodgers? Right now, Probably Justin's playing at a fields. higher level. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, again, the question, Chris, like where where do they rank right now? Like right now I put Fields ahead of Rodgers. And then Kurt – and then, man, I need – like obviously the, the Minnesota Vikings have a really good record. And we saw what Kirk Cousins did to the Bears defense in that first half. Like, uh, But he's probably at the top. Yeah, he's at the top. And then you're working your way down how I just said it, but – that's how I'd rank it. That's where I'm at too right now. And I think the good news is for Bears fans, like we know Kirk Cousins. We, we kind of know where that ceiling is and we know the potential that Justin has. And there's no reason why Justin can't claim that top spot as the best quarterback in this division and hold it for a quite a while, just considering like the current landscape of it, uh, which really, really excites me for our future. Absolutely. I wonder if, if also Rodgers, I can't, I guess we're also not used to seeing him being in this slump that he is. It's fantastic, it's but we're just yeah. also not used to it. Yeah, it's been, See, it's it's awesome. Like we get to see our quarterback play at a high level, watch Green Bay's play at a low level. It's things I have never seen almost in my entire lifetime. So yeah. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. Our, our good pal, Rob, he has a question about Cole Komet. Uh, wondering if he can propel himself into tight end one territory for fantasy after the three touchdowns over the last two weeks, playing him over Evan Ingram. Would you do it? Oh man. Um, like I know obviously it's trending up for, for Cole Komet. I need to see if it can. I mean, I think it should continue. There's opportunities for it to continue this week against the Detroit Lions and their defense. I just know that I, I had Cole Komet at one point in fantasy and I no longer have him. I wish I did now, but would you make that move well? Like if he was again for Evan Ingram, I don't even know how Evan Ingram's doing right now. I don't care. But... I'm playing Cole Komet because okay. he has, I think the confidence, Justin has the confidence in him. The bears are finding creative ways to give him the ball. He has to have confidence in himself, the way he's been playing, not just as a pass catcher, but also being that little extra rusher, like the end around the sneak. And then also, He's been good at blocking, which I think just sets up what you're mentioning earlier in the episode. And he has like his best friend from college on the team now. So it's like <laughs> he's living life and then like riding a high. So why not continue the, the commit train? Yeah, Evan Ingram hasn't done anything. Now that I'm looking at his stats, one reception, eight yards against the Raiders, Broncos. Broncos, he had a touchdown at 55 yards, 67. Okay, so maybe he's actually 
accumulate some yards there. There we go. Sebastian wants to know, do you think we'll win against Green Bay next month? I know we have a long way to go until we get there. But as of right now, I mean, I'm feeling like the Bears are an entirely different team than they were the last time they played the Packers, which really excites me about the potential of beating Green Bay. So I think there's a good chance you can beat the Packers and get that you know, monkey off your back, perhaps. Uh, but at the same time, it is Aaron Rodgers against the Chicago Bears. And even in a, a struggling Aaron Rodgers, I feel like can somehow pull something out of his rear end against, you know, against the Bears to just break our hearts yet again. Yeah, the Packers are vulnerable right now. And obviously, maybe asked me this question, I don't know, maybe four weeks ago or right after the Bears played. I'm like, no, it's not going to be that. But I'm feeling better because, well, that, that, Matchup lands right on my birthday, and I remember being like, "All right, here's another birthday ruined by the Packers." Or, but I'm feeling better about that matchup. I, I definitely am. I see you, Brian, mentioning Bears Bros. Appreciate you, Brian. Really do. Uh, there was one good question. Ronald was wondering if Weatherford's ever going to get a shot at the Will linebacker position. I think if Nicholas Morrow plays like he did last week, there is a chance that this season you could see. Weatherford get a shot over there at the will because Morrow Nick for playing the weak side backer, which is very important this defense. And that's the position where you're supposed to rack up a bunch of tackles. And I know he just moved over there uh, after playing the mic pretty much the whole time since he signed with the Chicago bears, but he only had two total tackles. And if that's going to be the new bar at that position, this bears defense is really going to struggle. And I do think Weatherford's athleticism could allow him to have more range on special teams. He is like a heat sinking missile. And I feel like if the bears want to see what they have in him at some stage of the season, if Morrow plays at the level that I saw against Miami, I think there's a legitimate shot. We see him at the will sometime this year. Yeah. Well, I don't know uh, the answer to that question. I just know the last time I had my mustache, I was in the locker room. Sterling came up to me. He's like, Hey, nice stash. And they just went to the showers. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Certainly Weatherford. It was funny because I was having a conversation with Alex Shapiro from MSC Sports Chicago. He's like, Nick, last time I had my mustache, I just noticed like guys come up and compliment you. And then literally five minutes later, going into the locker room, Sterling's like, hey, nice stash. Walks away. I'm like, appreciate you, Sterling. Hope you get to play sometime. And then I saw someone as mentioned like our thoughts on the 1920 football drive episode. Is there a new one that I just have been unaware of this week? Uh, yes, it's with Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham and them going out and scouting different players. I haven't actually watched it yet, but that just came out. Was it today? Yesterday? Uh, not sure, but yep. So that's, that's out. We'll have to definitely tune in and give our thoughts, um, you know, at a later time, but we'll definitely tune in to that. that. Yeah. Thursday mornings, it's just crunch time to get a hundred percent ready for this show. So I just turn off all the socials. I put my phone away, get off Twitter. So I appreciate you. Letting me know about that. Uh, one last question, and then we'll kind of wrap things up. Drew TV, is the sash coming back, Nick? It is. It definitely is. I had to actually grow out the full beard because I did something with DePaul a couple days ago, so I didn't want to do it with just, just the mustache. I could have, but I didn't. So uh, the stash will return um, shortly. Wonderful. Love to hear it, Nick. Really good stuff here this week. Appreciate all the work that you put into these preview episodes. It really makes the whole thing go. And I, I just love doing these shows each and every week uh, with you. Makes my time, makes my week, honestly. It's something I look forward to every day. But I think really good stuff. I'm excited about this Bears-Lions game and seeing how the Bears stack up. And if Justin Fields can continue just rising through the ranks and just making a lot of noise here in the league. Because I would just love nothing other than that. Yeah, I don't want this to stop, Will. Like, even though it's different, 
different can be good. Change can be good. And like be, seeing the Bears quarterback recognized nationally as him, right? Him, mm -hmm. the guy. That's been really cool to see. And I think he has a really good chance of keeping that level of play this Sunday against the Lions. I appreciate everyone here in the chat for asking their questions throughout, you know, interacting with both us and the other people in the chat. Uh, if you haven't yet, please give this video a thumbs up before you leave. It really helps us out. I want to see that number go up as I exit this episode. Uh, it just really does mean a lot to me to see that go up. It makes me feel good. Like Nick and I are providing the quality information that I believe we are, but that's going to do it for today's episode of the CHGO Bears podcast. We'll see you for our pregame show Sunday morning, right after tailgate. Come hang out with us on Sunday. Get your tailgate tickets, and let's go root on the Bears as they take on the Lions. But I'll see you then, and of course, Bear Down, Chicago.